So if you've watched our show before, you know that we've complained about this a lot. And they finally did something about it. I don't know if it's exactly what we asked for, but the sprint race weekends have finally changed. That amongst a couple other things. Let's get into it. Now entering the grid. Here are your hosts, Thomas and Jeremiah. Welcome back to another episode of Turn One Podcast. We're your hosts, Jeremiah and Thomas. Today, we're going to talk about a couple of the changes that are happening in 2024 with F1, starting with the sprint format, probably going to get into some other things, but what are your thoughts on how it's changing for this year? We have complained <laughs> so much about the sprint format. Endlessly. So one, and this is besides the point because it's it's not going away, at least this year, but why do we need sprints, right? We, we've, we, we did almost a whole episode on why are there sprints i think at one point <laughs> because the argument was why change a sport that reached a, you know a huge level of popularity we saw nascar introduce stage racing and then introduce playoffs but all of that was to get more excitement we see that in other sports we see that right now in college football where they're trying to add playoffs uh expanded playoff format we don't understand why f1 needed it. but when they first rolled it out the the sprint race itself was qualifying for the Formula One race, right? I believe that was the first year, yeah. And then was it just last year or was it the past two years under the, the current format? I think it was just last year. What'd they do last year? So last year was ridiculous because it was, you know, one practice session, but then it would go qualifying, you know, for the race on Sunday, and that's your Friday wrap-up. On, fr- on Friday, two days. Yeah. And then on Saturday, you'd get the sprint shootout and then the sprint race. And then on Sunday, it's just the race. That you qualified for on Friday, Right. So you had like Grand Prix Friday completely forgotten about on Saturday because we're doing sprints. Right. And then right back into Friday's activities on Sundays. It didn't make any sense. So this year they're changing it. I think it's better. I like it better. It's still odd. (laughs) I still don't know why they don't go back to the sprint race being the qualifying for the race. Maybe so many. I don't think we saw a lot of teams complain about that. I think it's just kind of unfair because, you know, teams that might have a great one lap pace now you put them in a sprint race and then it kind of evens out to exactly how the race is going to finish up anyway. So what they're doing in 2024 for the sprint races specifically Friday and correct me if I'm wrong on this Friday is practice one and then sprint shootout, which is the sprint qualifying. Yes. Saturday sprint race morning qualify for the Grand Prix Saturday afternoon. I think evening. that one's right. And then Sunday morning, Grand Prix, just like normal. We'll talk about Friday. Friday, I mean, that sounds about right. You know, you get a practice session, and then you qualify for the sprint race. That's fine. Saturday is where I kind of have an issue with this. Because let's put this in perspective, right? You just get done doing a sprint race. Get out of the car, hot and sweaty. You're exhausted. And you're relaxing. You know, get this man some water, because he's got to get back in the car and qualify for Sunday. (laughs) Well, and especially there was, um, we might touch on this a little bit later, but there was like record levels of heat last year. Ball rain is one of those. Yeah. It gets a little hot. It gets hot in Bahrain. Um, but this year with the, uh, the sprints, they're, they're not in Bahrain. Where are they? They're China, Miami, Austria, the U.S., Brazil, and Qatar. I could see Miami, Coda, Brazil, and Qatar all being a little warm <laughs> and then being a little tired on Saturday. <laughs> Yeah. Luckily, I think Miami's a little bit earlier in the year, so it's not quite that July-August heat. Yeah. But it's still, still going to be Miami. humid. Yeah, it's going to be humid. 
So that's the number one big change is the sprint format is changing. Let us know in the comments if you agree with the new sprint format or if you're like us, get rid of them. <laughs> let's, let's just not do those anymore. This might be your favorite change. Oh, yes. So in 2024, finally, and we've been waiting for this forever, but dang it, if COVID didn't get rid of this and stall the heck out of this. 25 years in a row, COVID just kept in this race. <laughs> China's finally back on the calendar. And me personally, the reason why he said I'm excited about this is because y'all know at this point that we played the F1 video game. I love the China track. Yeah. I just do. I love how you come down and then it goes into this massive loop where you have to kind of slow down dramatically. And I, I feel like I do a lot of passing right there. And I don't know if that's going to be the case when it gets to real life I racing. So. But I mean, I feel like I can catch up or at least make up a lot of distance, especially if like if you were to have a car that excels in those kind of corners versus a car that doesn't. You're on that turn for a while. That is a long corner. So I think, you know, what's interesting is obviously our F1 uh, – uh, becoming fans of that started after um, China had been canceled a number of times. And so we've never really gotten to see it run live. We've seen YouTube videos of people right. running China and all that, but it is one of those tracks that combines a lot of different elements. I'm trying to think of another, there's several good examples in F1 of tracks that combine a lot of downforce uh, required areas with the pure speed areas. And so in China, you do have that, that very first, I guess it's turn one that goes into that spiral. I don't know how they classify that as a turn through there, but you need really good turning abilities. But then there's also two or three massive straightaways in China, especially that long back straight that comes down to the hairpin that wraps back around to the start finish line. How do you it. how do you set up a, a balanced car that can do all of those things extremely well? The problem is is that you're not going to be able to set your car up to be ideal on the long curve because you got to have somewhat of speed when you're going down the main straight. So you kind of have to find this perfect balance, which means that we're going to get a mixed bag of things going on here. We're going to get cars that excel in the curves, but then they're going to be slow on the straights. We're going to get the opposite of that. Some cars that maybe have found a perfect balance, but they kind of suffer in both areas because they're not ideal for each area. It's going to be an interesting race. The other reason that the the tracks the tracks aren't changing much in, in 2024, but we've, we've talked for the past two or three seasons now how it's, oh, the most races F1 has ever run, right? Mm -hmm. But every year there's either China gets canceled or a race gets canceled or whatever. And last year in 2023, we had China get canceled before the season started or right around the start of the season. And then also um, Imola got canceled because of rain. Yep. Uh, they just had torrential downpours and the track got flooded and they just could not run the race. So we started at 24 races, but I think we finished at 22 races last year being run. This year, all goes to plan, which China is still on the calendar. <laughs> maybe now. it maybe it won't rain out a race. This is the first year where we will have 24 Grand Prix in a year. It's going to be a massive season. There's only it. 52 weeks in a year. I love it. We're running over half of the... Almost half the year in Grand Prix, which is crazy. And that's if they were week to week. You know, they have those weeks where, or those races where it's just three random weeks in between each race. And you know what? That's that's another good example. So speaking of China, Mons is great, right? The the Italian Grand Prix because it's the the Temple of Speed and everything's great about Monza. Right. Imola's a different feeling track entirely for being in the same country. And it's actually the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix because yeah. you can't have a country have two Grand Prix. Even though the United States has three. So they use the region near the track and it's a whole workaround thing. Anyways, uh, I love that Imola track. 
it's a really good balanced track. It's definitely one of my favorites. The the gravel trap runoff areas and there's some speed to it, but it's a lot of build up quick speed and then go into a um, high cornering section, yeah. if you will. So I'm excited to have both of those uh, tracks on the calendar. If you haven't really seen the China track, go watch some YouTube videos. But if you're somebody that plays the F1 video games, go run it on the video games, and that'll probably give you the best insight to how that track works. Okay, here's another big change in 2024. We detailed this a little bit last week in our liveries episode. Two teams have changed. <laughs> you now, uh, you no longer have uh, Alfa Romeo. Who are they now? Stakes, Sauber, F1. Kick. Racing, kick, <laughs> somewhere in there. I think they're going by Stake F1 team. Uh, so Alfa Romeo's gone. Alfa Romeo Sauber's gone. It's now Stake F1 team with also Sauber and Kick somewhere involved in that name. <laughs> But we know the deal with them is only 2024 and 2025. That name goes away when Audi enters the grid with Sauber in 2026. It's going to be sweet. And we were trying to debate earlier what Audi's color scheme is going to be. Let us know in the comments what you think their color scheme is going to be. What would you put your money on? I mean, I would like for them to stay with that green, but the odds of that happening are just probably not likely. They you don't, gotta you go don't with think something neon different. green when you think Audi? <laughs> because here's a problem. There's too many blues, right? Alfa Romeo was red. Ferrari was red. So you can't really do too much red. I guess McLaren's technically the only orange team. There's a lot of white and black all over the grid. Carbon, I have Carbon fiber. Yeah, I have no idea what they're going to be. I have no clue. I want to see something unique. You Show can, me a purple team. You could do a mostly white. You could do a yellow. No, give me purple. Give me a purple car, purple team. And sign Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. (laughs) And then have yellow accents. So Alfa Romeo goes to stake. And then also um, Alfa Tari is the same team makeup, essentially. But they have been rebranded as uh, two different names I've actually seen on this. So they have the V-Car, which is Visa Cash App RB Racing. And the RB in that sense stands for Red Bull. But they are doing a... um, It's Racing Bulls. Well, hang on. So it's a, kind of the V carb acronym includes just RB and it's thought that that RB just stands for Red Bull. Cause that's how Red Bull brands themselves and everything else. Side note, go do a deep dive on the history of RB Leipzig <laughs> and you'll see how Red Bull skirts around naming convention rules all the time, but they are doing almost a DBA um, like the Austrian version of a DBA as racing bulls. That is a standalone name not included in the Visa Cash App moniker. As far as what you're going to hear when you're actually watching the races, I've heard of mixed bag of things, but I think what they decided that they're going to roll with is they're just going to call them RB. Which, that's not confusing at all. Well, they're going to call Red Bull Red Bull. I know. But they're going to say RB instead racing of Racing Bulls, Bulls. Racing Bulls is better. They So the team, I think I have this right. I was, I've been watching the testing, by the way. I've been listening to the commentary. Yeah, it's four hours of listening, whatever. I've been listening to the commentators, and they were trying to decide what they were going to call them, and I think the team decided that they don't want to be called Racing Bulls. Man, that's such a good name. I know. I feel like I would call them Racing the Bulls. Racing that'd Bulls. Cool, that'd be a cool name. But they, So the name they landed on, not the team landed on, but the commentators, what they landed on was RB. And I'm fine with that. I do think um, you've got the main sponsor there, which is Visa, who owns Cash App, so that's why it's Visa Cash App. They're going to throw a fit, and they're going to want it to go by Visa probably or Cash App. I'm not calling a team Visa. 
what the fans say and the commentators say might be different on that team. There's no way that you pay to have the name, the title sponsor of a team, and it's not used as the team name. How many times do you refer to Mercedes as Patronus? How many times do you refer to Red Bull as Oracle? It's Mercedes AMG Patronus Racing. That's the thing. Mercedes is still the title sponsor. It's Oracle Red Bull. Well, that's a good point. I guess we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not referring to them as Visa. That's ridiculous. And I'm definitely not referring to them as the Cash App team. And there goes the number 27 Cash App car. <laughs> what? That's not happening. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I really like the Racing Bull moniker, but RB, I guess, makes sense. Or we could go with V-Carb. I, I just I flashed back to last week when we were recording, and I saw that name for that livery, and I had no idea yeah. what that stood for. There goes for. Yuki Sonoda for V-Carb Racing. I don't it's like it. It's not a bad name. I don't like it. Because it sounds like carburetor. Like I, per- I like Racing Bulls. Racing Bulls. I hate that they don't want to be we called should, that. We should use that. We're going to use Racing Bulls on this show. Well, okay. Okay, this is one of the only... Um, there's a few technical regulation changes in 2024, and we we debated doing a full regulations episode, but honestly, it'd be boring because we know in Formula One, or if you're new to Formula One, there's only major rule changes, what, every four seasons? About six seasons, yeah. So four to six seasons they do it. So 2026 is the next major mm-hmm. rule iteration and that's why Audi's actually joining the grid in 2026 we expect it to be a full makeover of that right that team was that when andretti was going to join too uh that's when cadillac is for sure joining as an engine provider and andretti is still up in the air they got they got denied for this year but andretti came out and they were like that's fine we weren't planning on coming this year anyway we're, we're trying to come in 2026 so they're going to revisit the conversation with Andretti when Cadillac comes in. Because Andretti player. didn't bring enough value to Formula 1. Well, yeah, they said that F1 would bring more value to Andretti than Andretti would bring to F1, which, you know, Andretti was a Formula 1 champion. What about Williams? And they're in motorsports everywhere, so it doesn't really make sense yeah, to me. What about Williams? I don't know. I know man. they're historic and all that, but what value is Williams bringing to I want to see right an Andretti now? Cadillac team. I think that'd be sick. But Cadillac is for sure coming in 2026 as an engine provider. So check out our major changes to 2026 episode. <laughs> you know, in two years. To be launched in two years. <laughs> um, so we'll get into uh, two um, regulation rule changes with these next two major changes. Do you want to explain this one? The right of review? So... In 2023, what, what, Haas, they came back and tried to say that something didn't happen or wanted something changed. Two with, weeks after Coda. Two weeks after Coda happened. And the problem with that is that, hey, man, this race is over. In fact, we're two races past this. We're on a completely different level. We're not even thinking about Coda. And yet somehow they were trying to debate something that happened in Coda. So to combat this, the FIA came out and they're giving it a four-day... 96-hour, four-day window. Okay, so 96 hours or four-day window where you can come back and combat any kind of ruling that came down or any penalties or anything that might have came out from the FIA. You get four days now to do your research and come back at it, which in my opinion, if you have something that you want to say is wrong, I feel like that day you're coming at them. Yeah. You're not waiting four days to come back at something. This is a curveball that I don't think you have the answer on because I've been sitting here trying to think about what it was. What race was it last year? where they did the entire podium ceremony, all of it, and then like 30 minutes after the race ended and after the broadcast ended, they changed the top three. Do you remember that? That happened. They handed out a penalty 30 minutes after the race. And I think it affected Lewis Hamilton somehow. I can't remember if it was positive or negative. Did it affect Carlos Sainz? 
No, that was the Australian. Well, maybe I, that, that that was the Australia thing. I remember this happening. I don't remember who was I involved went, or what race it was. Because remember, me and you got on to do the recap, and I was like, "Did you see the news that broke after the race?" And you're like, "No." I was like, "Go look it up." Yeah, they, they did the, the podium ceremony. Yeah. And I felt like George Russell was supposed to be on yes, the podium. Something like that. George Russell. That's it. I don't. We'll look it up. Okay. I don't know. We'll figure anyway. it out. Anyway. So the. Even the four-day window doesn't fix things like that. Like, that can still happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but that was one of the regulation changes. Now there's a four-day window to submit a rider review. Now, this one, this one's all you, because I feel like I understand it. I don't understand fully the technical aspect of it, but I'm okay. going to use some words that maybe we'll have to go look up later. Um, we're getting a lot of these, by the way, from a, a Racing News 365 article. They did a good job of, of just listing the topics. Um, they don't really get into the the details of them, which is fine, which I guess. Which is fine, because that's what we want to do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we mentioned earlier in the episode that some of the races are hot, and there was there was a few races last year where, one, your boy Esteban Ocon just uh, Ugh, made gosh. a mess in his helmet, which, poor guy, that's got to be awful. It's a thousand was, degrees. Was this not a, Qatar? It probably Qatar was. Qatar was the one where, like, people were falling over and, like sweat just drenched and like one dude had to get help help to a ambulance i think that was lance stroll lance stroll went unconscious jeez and then you also had logan Sargent in one of the races retire not from a car issue not from crashing he needed some water he was dehydrated that's the one where he was sick though wasn't it where he's like he kept complaining about having to throw yeah. up Probably that one. And he was like, can you make it to the end? He's like, yeah, I think I can. And then like five or six laps go by and he's like, I got to I gotta come in. <laughs> I got to pit. And then like the end. get a point, kid. And then somebody on the team came in and said, at least the car will be okay or something like that. You remember that? Yeah. That was bad. So what they're doing this year is they have mandated that all teams add cooling scoops to their car. So the way the F1 cars are built, mm. as I understand it, you have certain areas of the car that are meant for cooling. So when you look at the side pods of a team, they have these big intakes. Obviously, they have the air intake over the driver, and it's all meant to either either channel cooling to the engine or to the brakes. Right. It goes to one of those two areas. You want to cool the brakes. You want to add. You want to give air to the engine. There's now these cooling scoops, which are meant to direct air to the driver to keep the driver cool. Because we all know you're sitting in the, the Formula 1 cockpit. Well, maybe not everyone knows. The only part of you that is exposed is really like your neck and above. Everything mm-hmm. else is down in the cockpit of the car. And your legs are stretched way out in front of you like you're laying down. And so if you're, you know, five and a half, six feet tall, whatever these guys are, you've got five feet that is enclosed in carbon fiber and metal if you're out in a 120 degree race. It's hot. And you're in a full fireproof race suit. That's actually been a lot of talks during the testing in Bahrain is one of the things that came to my attention is that it's not really the helmet where the drivers are hot. So, you know, the drivers will do everything and anything that they can to cool off during these four-hour sessions. So sometimes, even though they shouldn't be, you'll see them raise their visor so that they can get some airflow into their face. But that's only because that's all they can do. That's not really where they need the air. Where they need the air, is what they were saying, is in the actual body itself. Yep. Because there's no airflow whatsoever, and they're just sitting there just dying. Because those cockpits are sealed off. And so imagine this, uh, you know, on a nice hot summer day in, in the south, maybe Texas or so, put on two or three la- layers of flannels, Jeez. wrap yourself up in a full comforter set, and then go lay on the street. <laughs> For the record, don't actually do this. <laughs> no, but that's almost what I would imagine it feeling like. 
you're just bundled up and inside and there's no air and it's hot. Anyway, so hopefully this gets the drivers a little bit more comfort in the cars. That's all we got <laughs> for major changes. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's not really going to be too many changes, like you said, until 2026 comes out where the big rules change. Um, we don't have any, this year at least, we don't have any driver changes, which is odd. It, it's really odd that not a single mm-mm. driver change. Now, there's been announcements for 2025, right. and we've talked about that in a previous episode. But as far as this grid, it's exactly the same. Everybody's in the same spot. I'll be honest. So probably the most surprising of that is Logan Sargent. Yikes. With how many young, good drivers we are, some of which we got to see last year. Yeah. There's like and they three, resi- they resigned them. There's like three F2 champions that are just waiting out in the wings for their spot. And Oscar Piastri won F2 like, what, three or four years ago, and he's just now getting his spot? He won literally every series he was in and then just didn't have a seat for a while while he was sitting at reserve at alpine yeah i think i think it was only one year that he did that i Mm, think i feel like it was more maybe i'm wrong but i mean you've got good drivers out there that are just sitting there waiting liam lawson still needs a seat felipe drugovich still needs a seat who won last year i'll put you on the spot just teo porcher i was gonna say porcher Porcher still needs a seat. So, I mean, it's it's bad, man. And that's not even mentioning the drivers that are currently serving as reserve drivers for teams in 2024. Right. Which are usually the next ones in line. Mick Schumacher needs a seat. I don't know if Mick needs a seat. <laughs> Mick's, Mick's in the same category as Logan Sargent. Uh, what, no, out of stop these, that. Out of these, I don't know, four or six, however many changes we covered, what's your one that you're looking most forward to in China. Just the China Grand Prix. I want to see the track in action with the new cars, with the current drivers. And, I mean, it hasn't been on the calendar in how long? A long time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it didn't give us an exact number. But I've been wanting to see it on the calendar for the past two years. It's been canceled both times. And we're finally going to get to taste it. Given that it actually stays on the calendar. This is the furthest we've made it before it gets canceled. That's true. That's uh, a good sign. I think I am most excited. I... I really think for the sprint form, I mean, I'll say China with you, obviously, because I want to see the race, but just to pick something different, I'm glad they're changing up the sprint format. I hated that Saturday was just a sprint day. It didn't yeah. make any sense. And the thing that bothered me the most is that, and I'm assuming this is going to be different. I don't know this for sure. We need to do a little bit more research and we can bring some updates to you guys. Um, but the fact that they qualified for the race on Sunday, on Friday, meant that they were in par for yes. May for Friday afternoon until the rest of the weekend. I want to know if that's different now. I want to know if they have the ability to you know, practice session. Obviously, they change up their car. And then the sprint qualifying, who knows? Maybe they enter a form of par for May. And then um, they can do the sprint race. But then they get some data from that sprint race on Saturday. That's how and it then Saturday be. night, when they do qualifying for the race, they can go, oh, you know what? I didn't really actually like the way this worked whenever we put multiple laps together. Let's do a couple more tweaks, and then boom, par for May actually on Saturday night. The sprint race itself should be considered practice three. Yeah. That's really how it should go. Okay, so does that mean that you can do changes between the sprint shootout and the sprint race? Sure. We have to do I mean, I'm, I'm not saying this. sure, like, yeah, you can. I'm but just saying that's how be it should to. be. Yeah, yeah. okay. Because those need are to do practice sessions. And I never understood your car setup for a sprint race, which is a third distance, right, right, of a regular race, you're running less fuel. You might have a more aggressive strategy because you can burn tires. Your car setup could be entirely different than a 90-minute Grand Prix 
and yet they were locked in. Yeah, I didn't like and it. And I wonder if that led to poor quality races. It led to different races, that's for sure, because you had teams that were going into Sunday that normally they would be really dominant on a track like this, but maybe they messed up the setup and they didn't get a chance to fix it. Because they had one practice session? And then they're locked in. That's annoying. Yep. Okay, let us know in the comments what is your biggest thing you are looking forward to in 2024. Guys, if you still want to, if you still think that Espo and Ocon is going to blow chunks at some point during this season, I think I agree with you. All right, guys, we'll see you. Bye, guys.